My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Brittany here today. We have an exciting guest coming on, Devo. Devo is a content creator, digital marketing, and small business strategist, strategist, sorry you guys, tongue-tied, it's been a long morning, <laughs> photographer as well. So he's also the CEO of Fusion Photography, director and co-founder of Spout Sprout Connectors, a digital marketing agency specializing in helping small businesses effectively grow their following and brand recognition. He does this through social media management, photo and video content creation, value and with along with value-driven strategies. Devo is also the host of A Little Impolite podcast, which I'm really excited to talk about here right away, Devo. How's it going? Welcome onto the show. Hey, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a little tongue tied this morning. It's been a long one, but you know, we're just going to roll with the punches and I'm excited to have conversation with you today, Devo. Uh, Before we get started, you know, with some questions, you know, you have a really interesting background and I think it's amazing what you're doing. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, your story and how you got to where you are today with the people listening? I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, I took the traditional route into into business. I went to college, followed the American dream and graduated. And uh, really, I had never really had any educational insights around what I should do with my life. Like I, my parents never sat me down and had conversations with you, like go out and explore the world, travel. Right. Um, I was just really taught, go to school, get a job, work get for the job. man retire, blah, 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 white picket fence, two and a half kids yeah. and a dog type of thing. And so um, shame on me. I never really investigated anything outside of that. And I took a job in the corporate world because it paid me a boatload of money and um, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And so I did that for almost 15 years um, while I was sort of still dabbling in my true passion, which was photography. Um, I just never knew I could make money doing photography. It was just something that I really loved doing. And um, because I never had any mentors or anything like those conversations, I just sort of was like in line on the automated pathway of life, just doing, you right. know, going to, going to the nine to five, then I would come home and do photography. Um, I got married in 2003 and spent a boatload of money on a very expensive photographer who really underdelivered, And I was just kind of disappointingly surprised at how much money I paid someone to provide such a poor product to me. And and I started asking myself, wait, you know, I'm a photographer. I didn't realize I never called myself a photographer, but I was like, I can take better photos than this. And so right um, right then and there, I just started really offering my services to anybody and everybody, like just anyone who was getting married or wanted engagement photos or literally anyone at no cost, just so I could sort of figure out, is this something I could do? Um, And I found out that I was actually quite good at it. So I continued my professional nine to five job. And then around 2006 ish, I just said, I would just walk away from it and really start focusing on my photography brand. Um, and so here I am today. And there's a bunch of other little steps in between, but yeah, that's sort of my high level. Um, I launched fusion photography full-time in 2010. 
Um, it's now a thriving uh, multiple six-figure business here in Charlotte. And then in 2018, I branched off another division of Fusion and formed what's called Sprout Connectors, which is the brand acceleration agency. Incredible. I'm so happy that, Diva, that you took the, you know, the leap of faith and got out of that, you know, took the leap of faith with your photography and started your brand and everything like that and got out of that nine to five rat race, really. Because um, like you said, it's just like off of that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, everyone taught you to go to school, get a, a job, you know, then have your kids, this and that. And like no one, no one was taught to, you know, follow not a lot of people were just taught to, you know, get a good job, high paying, but then you have no life, right? Half the time it might be an amazing job, good pay, but are you present in your family's life? Are you, you know, so I'm really happy that you took that, that leap of faith and just ran with it. And it's not, it's able to yeah, do it, something you're passionate about. <clears throat> it is everything you just said, excuse me, I got a little froggy throat in there. No it worries. is that like, you know, the time constraints and whatnot that it does work in that nine to five job, but more than anything else, you know, I didn't have access to social media back in those days. And so, you know, there's a proliferation of people now who are out, who are now doing their own thing and the world has become smaller. We have access to more people. So like you can go onto Instagram on any given day and find business coaches and entrepreneurs and people who are out there trying to pursue their life dreams. Right. Right. But honestly, back in 2006, 2000, when I graduated college, which was in 1999, there wasn't any social media. And mm -hmm. as I mentioned in the outset, I, college was just sort of it was just sort of get in line, take your classes, take your exams, graduate, get a job. Like that's what we were taught. And so it's really a short change on, on, on the human character because there are so many opportunities to do so many amazing things with your life. And because a lot of us are never educated around pursuing those dreams, we're just told right. to sort of work for the machine. It's, it's, a, it's a sad statement on how many dreams go unfulfilled in that capacity. I agree. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So tell me with your business, um, what is your main focus right now? And where right are now, you at exactly right now? Yeah, right now I'm in the middle of rebranding my own company. Um, I, I merged Sprout back under Fusion again, just because okay. I realized um, the amount of resources that I have at my disposal. Fusion was already a household name in Charlotte. It just made more sense to bring Sprout up underneath that, that flagship. So right. I'm in the middle of rebranding re that and focusing on um, dividing Fusion into two different separate companies. That's one, one of them focusing on what I call human-centered photography, which is still weddings and portraiture and that sort of stuff. But then the other half of the business, which I'm um, directing now, is the brand agency, the brand accelerator, content creation side of things. So okay. Fusion will exist, but other people are managing and doing the photos for it that, that work for me. And then okay. I'm focusing on getting the Sprout, which is now the Fusion brand accelerator up and running. Ah, I see. This is all amazing. So very exciting then. And, you know, we all know with building a six to multiple six figures business, um, you know, there's so many wins, but tell us a little bit about some of the biggest challenges you faced during that growth or that journey that you, you went on. Well, I think there's, there's a lot of different challenges. I think the mm -hmm. biggest one is because we had a lot of growth and a rapid amount of time finding resources, capable resources to handle the minutia of your business and not getting caught up in the weeds of doing everything yourself. 
So outsourcing to other people who are really good, whether it's the marketing side or website or SEO or paid advertising. And initially, because I was sort of a solopreneur, um, I was trying to do a lot of those things by myself and, and I just got buried in the weeds. And it wasn't until I started really shifting that paradigm around to hiring people to support me in different capacities so that I could focus on the biz dev side of things that I really made the biggest shift in my business. So it's wow. trying to really kind of neat. I don't like the word niching down in the sense that I'm only doing one thing, mm-hmm. but really focusing in my team and myself in niching down and finding the things that I'm really good at and staying in my lane on that, overseeing the, you know, the big global business and allowing other people to kind of do the things that they're better at than me was sort of probably my biggest challenges. Cause okay. I'm a, we're, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Like we always want to have our hand, our hand in every cookie jar. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's, I find it, it can be very important to, you know, find the right people, the right fit and put them in, place them in the right spots. That'll really help your, your business grow so that, you know, you can focus on another thing that you could put all your focus into it and really make this thing grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find that that's the hardest thing for so many entrepreneurs. Right. So um, to really outsource. Sometimes, yeah, and, you know, and even in even in that vein, that's a really great point, Brittany. And even in that vein, mm-hmm. I think early on when I was first hiring people for the brand, my thought was I would hire the best possible people I could find to do the best possible job. But I turned out it turned out that that sort of worked counterproductive to what I was trying to do okay. because when you hire really good people, a you have to pay them a lot more money, and I'm not mm-hmm. shortchanging the process. But those people have a shorter life cycle with my business because they're so talented that they would move on to do bigger and better things, and I wasn't able to retain them for for a longer duration of time. So that was a challenge right. for me is is finding that perfect mix to finding the right person to hire, pay them the right amount of money and still have some sort of tenure and longevity with them. And so I've sort of come up with, yeah. So that was a big problem with, even with the resources in of themselves. Yeah. I totally understand that. And I, I I don't think you're alone on that either. I I think a lot of, you know, small business owners and stuff as well, go through that all the time. I actually was just discussing that with um, someone on an interview yesterday too, having the same problem, you know, thought they found someone really, really great and they did, but they were very expensive and, um, also just outgrowing them and wanting to do the next, the next big thing. Right. So it was hard to keep people. It's hard to keep people sometimes. So that can be difficult for sure. Yeah. So I shifted my strategy around that. If, if that's something you want to talk about, um, yeah, please, instead of, please. Instead of hiring highly experienced people that had years of experience in it, I shifted my my philosophy around finding talented, creative, hardworking people, period, but then didn't yeah. necessarily have a lot of experience and then okay. train them into train them into the space that I wanted them to work. So what the, what what I mean by that is sort of like you've heard, you know, uh, I'm an athlete, so I'll use an athletic analogy. I would rather as a coach find 10 really good athletes to fill my team as opposed to just 10 really good specialists because specialists are divas and they have a require a lot of attention and all that sort of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I can train an athlete to do anything. Whereas a non-athlete or a specialist who only specializes in one tendency, like a, I don't know if you're familiar with like the game of football, for example, you can't train a kicker to necessarily be a quarterback. Right. So, but finding an athlete that's well-rounded across all spectrums, you can train them and put them in most positions. And so I started looking yeah. So I started looking for people who are motivated, hungry, kind, conscientious, honest people, and then f- let them 
fill their own fill their own role if you will and grow into it yeah. and, and that was a much more uh, beneficial uh, um I, success for me i think that's amazing and that that is so true like you know when someone's like yeah i totally understand that when someone is just in one role and this is what they're amazing at you know sometimes it's hard to branch out and try other things and learn other things it's much more difficult than someone who's brand new who's starting fresh where they can learn so many different things and you can train them and help them grow into the person you you want them to be. Right. So Absolutely. that's amazing. I think that you, you did the right thing with that. So yeah, it's, it's worked out quite well for me now. That's incredible. So how many people do you have now um, that you sourced in? There are six of us in our, in our okay. agency. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So Steve, tell me about, you know, what intentional actions you took to start your podcast? Where are you at with it? And t- tell me a little bit about the podcast. Well, first you called me Stevo. It's Devo. <gasps> Devo. Oh my gosh. Stevo so is some sorry. crazy guy from like a television show from a while back. I think. So. I'm so sorry, Devo. You can't I don't know Devo. How many Devos do you know? <laughs> I, I've got to be the only Devo you've ever met. All right. I don't know how that happened. I really apologize. No Devo. I, I've been called oh, way worse. It's just, I just want okay. to call you out please do like i said it's right. been a really long morning and i apologize devo can you please are you a coffee us? drinker i am because they have some brilliant coffee down there in costa rica they do they do mm, yeah i actually <laughs> got to be coffee. part of a yeah i actually got to be part of them when i was there i got to spend an entire day on a coffee farm and i got to go through the whole okay. process of from bringing the beans down to all the entire process start to finish from creating my own coffee it was really cool it is cool i've done a few of those as well and Man, by the end of the day, after drinking that, all that coffee, <laughs> let true. me tell you. <laughs> and chocolate, because some of the places do chocolate as well. Yeah, absolutely. Chocolate farms and stuff like that. Same like wait, wait, we're going to go next. I mean, my coffee. We're going to go exactly, next. Like, that's <sighs> how I feel today. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. All right. So sorry. Let me answer. Sorry. I didn't mean to get sidetracked. So what was the question again? No, what no were problem, my... Devo. Uh, what was your intentional actions when starting the podcast and, and like where where are you at today? Tell me a little bit about it. I, I was taking a look at your podcast and it looks brilliant. So just kind of want to hear about it and, and know the yeah. reasoning behind starting it and, and your intentional actions with that. Well, that was just some uh, many, it was about four years ago that I started it. It was just some, my, my random meandering musings on life is how it started. And I would just get on, I found a platform called Anchor and it was free okay. and I could get on my phone and just start talking. And um, there was really just some meaningless drivel that was coming out of my mouth at the time. Um, but it, was, it wasn't until a couple of years later that I really started to catch my stride in it and realized that um, for me, the purpose of my podcast was just to connect with people and have conversations with people that had meaning and depth and intellectual curiosity. And there isn't a real purpose in a sense, like my podcast, you're not going to come to listen to my podcast to get inspirational advice on a specific topic. There's no niche down um, topics for it. But what I do bring on is I bring on really interesting people who are doing fantastic things, entrepreneurs, doctors, people who are who what I call have a superpower and a gift to the world. And then we talk about that superpower and share that with my listeners so that every podcast you can walk away with some tip or some piece of critical information that will infuse your life and make a difference and make it a little bit better. And and they've it's just turned out to be amazing. Um, the number of people that I have connected with on this podcast where, where 
Um, I've ended up doing business uh, relationships with, friendships with. I launched my own mastermind. And within that mastermind, wow. there, there are eight people. Six of those people came from past podcast relationships that I had formed over the last four years. So it's with for me, guests? it's been a... Yeah, it's been just amazing. brilliant. And yeah, and they're from all over the world. So it's just been amazing for me to be able. And these are people that I would have never had the chance to, like today, you and I are talking, Brittany. And, you know, this may just be a one time conversation and maybe it won't. But the, the fact that you're sitting in Costa Rica and I'm sitting here in Charlotte, USA, and we're having this conversation about life, about things, business, whatever it is, and we're having this connection, it's like it's unreal that we can do that. And there's seven and a half billion people on the planet that you could potentially world. have these conversations with and make a difference for someone's life. And for me, that's why I podcast. It's just been it's been fundamental for me and my professional and my personal life. Love it. You're so right, Devo. Like the connections you make with just having a podcast are incredible. You would never have made these connections with such brilliant people without a podcast. I, I mean, I don't think you would ever, right? You know, and I do interviews like five to seven times a day, Monday to Friday, and the connections are just crazy. Like I was like, oh my gosh, had I not started this job, had I not started this podcast, I wouldn't, I like, I learned so much on them. I build so many connections. It's just yeah. absolutely mind blowing. It really is. It is. And I, I, I think every entrepreneur needs to start one, honestly, like. If, if for no other reason, just to be able to connect with people and build relationships connect. or work yeah. on your delivery or work on how you speak with people or your confidence or whatever it might be. There's a variety mm-hmm. of ways that a podcast can help you. Um, but so, so, yeah, so we're on the same page there. It's been fundamental for me. It doesn't necessarily fuel my business in any capacity because I don't sell anything through my podcast. Yeah. Um, but again, it has turned into on the business cascade. relationships. Yeah. But on the cascade side of it, it's turned into business. So I, I now do work for a lot of the podcast guests that I have brought on. So it's, it's fundamentally been a, a game changer for me. Amazing. The doors that open with the podcast is crazy. Mm-hmm. So Devo, tell me about, you know, how you, you know, you attract these um, amazing guests onto your show. Do you, I mean, are they referrals? Are they, do you reach out to them on LinkedIn? Do, you, do they come to you? How does that work? What's your strategy I have a, for that? I have a variety of channels. I have a, an agency that I work with that mm-hmm. actively goes out and finds uh, potential guests for me. And then I screen them. So I have an onboarding process where I'll have a pre- pre-call call conversation with them just to make sure that you know they can add value to the show and they're good conversationalists and that sort of stuff and then instagram and social media um because i podcast and and i use my instagram to showcase my podcast i had a lot of people who will privately send me messages or ask to be on my show um and then honestly just browsing day-to-day life i'll see something or i'll watch something or i'll see something on social media and i've met people in in grocery stores that i've struck up conversations with i met someone at a there's a professional soccer team here in charlotte and the 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 man that was sitting next to me he's a, a local entrepreneur he does these really fancy um they're like uh woodwork gifts that he gives out they're like high level and you can put bottles of liquor and stuff or cigars inside of them i, I met him and now he's coming on my show so it's just literally Love everywhere it. like on a 24 seven basis, I'm just constantly being alert and aware of, and that's always been sort of who I am. I just strike up conversation with, with strangers and, and it, who knows where, where that goes. And so I have a lot of different spiders that are moving around trying to bring in guests. And so that's how I do it. I love it. And it seems to be like pretty organic too, right? 
Yeah, it's just a conversation uh, for roughly an hour or so. I, I try to have a centerpiece of the conversation. So if your expertise is in podcasting, I'll have you on as a podcast guest to sort of talk about, you know, how a newbie could get into the podcast world. But interwoven throughout that conversation are, you know, life conversations and strategy conversations. Mm-hmm. And just it's it's just a conversation that you would have with a, with a close friend or a stranger. And that resulted in a really deep, meaningful intellectual conversation. And that's what the podcast is really all about. I love it. I love it. So I do have one more question about the podcast. And then I kind of mm-hmm. have some more questions about your business. So Brilliant. my next and probably last question about the podcast that you, um, you're the host of, you know, what's your main desire and focus for the next year? I know what your focus is right now with it. Um, is it going to be the same in the next year? Or do you have certain um, focuses that you want to change up for the next year. I, I think it's I think it's going to be roughly the same as it always yeah. has been, just deep deep conversations with entrepreneurs. I, I am going to niche down a little bit into the photography and content world just okay. because I'm getting I'm getting ready. I'm actually in the middle of building my first online class. And so I'm going to have some ancillary pieces that will support that and some of the guests that I'll bring on will will be centered around that. Um you know, if there's a way to monetize it, I mean, I'm not going to turn away anything, but it has to be a meaningful sponsor. I'm not just going to get on there and just promote dribble. It has to be something that falls mm-hmm. into the space of me and my listeners. So that would be great. Absolutely. Um, but really, um, the goal is to continue to grow it and continue to bring on the amazing guests that I've been blessed to have and just have good, deep meaning. There's not a lot of deep, meaningful conversations that happen anymore. We live in this social media world where it's just quick hearts and a like, and then we move on. So for right. me, um, being able to have conversations with meaning and depth are really important to me. And my podcast is one of the ways that I'm able to do that. Absolutely. And I think like having people on to come share their stories and their journeys and the the wins and challenges, Mm -hmm. it's, it's real, right? So people can relate with that more people also develop trust that way, you know, and um, I think it's very valuable. Absolutely. Thanks. I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I love what you're doing. So back to the business side of things, Devo, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, what, actually, what's your client acquisition like with the business side? So we have, like the podcast, we have several different ways. We do digital advertising. Um, We're strong on Instagram and social media. Um, The podcast is obviously one. Word of mouth is a big organic grassroots referrals are big for us. Uh, so, so that's where our current clientele comes in. And then, um, I guess I was, I guess I answered your question. Yeah. So we have, we have multiple channels of, of incoming leads and then, um, I'm actually getting ready to hire my first full-time sales director. So I've never done, I know I've never done that before. So he'll be coming on, on, on the team here in the next couple of weeks. And he's, a he is actually a vetted expert salesperson. And so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I know. So that's something that I've really just organically done myself up until now. And being able to offload that to someone else so that I can, again, stay in my lane is going to be a big for the business. Absolutely. I hear you. I guess talking about this organic way of doing things, what is your favorite organic marketing method? Is it the word of mouth or do you have a favorite? (laughs) Just curious. Yeah, I think I, th- I don't think you can have any one piece of of, of branding right. for your for your marketing. I think you have to have yeah. a balanced scorecard that 
that's touching on a bunch of different areas, um, yeah. traditional networking, uh, online advertising, paid advertising, social media, and building relationships with, with current clients, because those are the ones that are going to become your disciples and, and, and spread the word about to, to other people for raving fans. And so right. um, I think for me, if I had to pick one piece of it, uh, it's hard to say there's just one thing, but I think treating your existing customers and working and working with them so that when you finished your project with them, A, they're more likely to become repeat customers, but also more inclined to spread the word about your business to their to their friends, to their family, to their colleagues, because um, I, a large a large portion of my business comes from referrals right now. So that tells me, A, we're doing something right, but B, that tells us that our clients enjoy their interactions with us. So I think if you had to focus on one thing, I would focus on doing it right by your existing clients because they're going to become your raving fans and they're going to share your word to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And they'll bring in the referrals and everything else. So that's, mm -hmm. that's hundred percent correct. I, I believe that too. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. So I guess my next question will be, you know, if you were to double or triple your profit and revenue in one year, you know, getting to like a new level, there's always those new challenges. What are some of the new challenges you think you would face or what would you have to change? I think there's just such a thing as scaling too fast. So mm -hmm. being being ahead of the curve on that and and being able to forecast properly and understanding that right. you have the the appropriate resources to handle the incoming right. the growth changes would probably be the biggest thing. So I'm while while I'm enjoying some considerable uh um, and, and aggressive growth right now, I'm also very cognizant to, to maintain at a curtain pace because I don't want to outpace myself and then just become buried in the weeds again. So right. um, being able to find people to support what we're doing inside, um, finding the right clientele is very important to us. Mm -hmm. So we, we do sort of, we do a reverse engineer for clients because we want to make sure that we're working with the right partners as well. We don't just take on anyone. Um, it's important you to me that, yeah. And I've learned that the right hard fit. way. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've, mm -hmm. I, trust me, I've learned that the hard way early on in the brand, we were just taking on, Hey, who wants to work with us? We'll do whatever you want. Right. And, and they weren't the right fit for us. And that's just going to create a massive amount of headache and overwork and rework in the long run. And so right. now we're very, very scrutinous and careful on who we actually partner with to help out because it has to be a good fit for both people. That way there's a longevity to that relationship. hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's super important to have making sure you're a good fit and they're a good fit for you as well. So how do you go about, do you have a certain criteria you follow or when picking out who to work with or allowing? No, I think it's it's the old fashioned, have a conversation with each other and, yeah. and feel yeah. each other out and, and sort of understand what their visions are and their goals are and their objectives of growing their brand and being yeah. a good listener and and yeah. and better very very clearly understanding what it is that they want to accomplish and being honest and transparent with them if you if, and not overpromise so that you underdeliver mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. underdeliver over promise is sort of the philosophy yep. that we go at, um, and being able to listen to them and understand what they what they want out of this relationship, and being honest with yourself and your team is this something that we can deliver to them and exceed their expectations? Because if we can't, and we feel like there's going to be a lot of micromanaging, if you will, um, and not allowing us to do our job, is just it's a recipe for disaster. So having those conversations up front with people and letting them know what value we bring to the table and the things that we're clear on and how we can add value to their value proposition and their understanding their role in the relationship has, has been able to set us up for some success. This so it's is like all a vetting, amazing. It's like an old-fashioned vetting process, really. Just conversations. Yeah. 
just conversations for sure. Mm -hmm. I love the way you have things set up, my friend. Uh, this is all incredible. And, uh, Thank you so much, Devo, for being able to take the time out of your day to come on our podcast and, you know, share all your insights and all your valuable tips that can help the people listening and myself as well. So I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thanks for your time, Brittany. Absolutely. And before we hop off here, if anyone's interested in connecting with you, what would be the best way to go ahead and get a hold of you? You can do it through our website, which is fusionphotographystudio.com or Instagram, which is fusionphotog. And it's in my handle right there on the lower left-hand part of my screen. I don't really Perfect. play on Facebook. You referenced at the outset of it on our Facebook. But if you really want to get more information on the brand, Fusion Photog on Instagram is the best way to find me. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much, Devo. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like Devo did today for an interview, we would love to have you. So please go to top100interviews.com and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks again, Devo. Bye, guys. Thanks, Brittany. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.